Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. go on a burger tour or a bar tour of the state of Montana? Wow. That's interesting. And r- granted, you're going to go to about 90% of the same spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, maybe, maybe it's not that different. Yeah, it's such an interesting question, especially at this moment in time. Well, I mean, I don't mean it in this moment. No, I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I just... I. Uh, just thinking. I mean, there's. I just. I, I. I love small towns and I love small town bars. Hundred percent. But I also love a great burger. Well, and the, but like the state of society at this exact moment has just been so revelatory, and and it really is making me question a lot of different avenues. And we'll just leave you're, it at that. You're overthinking all this. I don't know, it, man. There's just some great watering holes I, I, to oh, oh, into, oh, oh, and there's some great burgers. Oh, to oh, all I know is that I used to. I, you're you're like me. Sometimes we go into establishments 100% by ourselves so that we can just sit there and just listen to what other people are talking about. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to watch and be there and just sit and not have my phone and just breathe the air and and all of it, right? And I always found it so fun and funny to just listen to what the the old timers in Chester, Montana are talking about at the end of the bar, what the guys in Glasgow are talking about. Now... All the things that they're talking about is the same thing that everybody's talking about, and it's just exhausting. And that's the part that so, just where can I go to just hear about whether I mean, the, whether the whether the corn is going to grow. And then sometimes you hear these conversations, and and you I just I, I don't know, I won't even say the place, but I was at a place the other day doing exactly what I'm talking about, and I just couldn't believe what the people were talking about and what they're saying, and I just had to get up and leave. I was just like, I can't, I cannot handle 
any of this. Okay. But anyways, uh, I think that the... Uh, You've effectively ruined my question. Uh, I, I don't know. Which one would you rather do? Uh, Man, it really depends on the day. Right. Like Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's burgers. Tuesday, Thursday, it's bars. Uh, probably the burgers, man. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a burger lover as uh, shocking as that might turn out to be. So, you know, I'm looking around, looking around for the best of them as, as best as I can get. There's some good ones around this town too, which I'm happy about. And there's some great ones elsewhere too. Gotta go track them down. All right. Welcome to hour number two, y'all. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it very much. If you missed anything in hour number one, you can check it out on the podcast. Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. To tell Nuanas, search it, rate, review, subscribe. Then you don't have to search it anymore. Podcast available thanks to Alpine Touch and Blackfoot. Uh, if you would like to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Range Brothers RV phone line. As Coulter mentioned in the news brief there, uh, breaking now about yeah, just earlier this afternoon, a couple hours ago, officially minor league baseball has been canceled nationwide. Um, when I read this, Coulter, I was surprised at how surprised I was. I was su- I, Really? I, You're surprised by this? I, here, here's the thing. I'm not surprised by this. If you would have asked me beforehand, is there going to be a season, I would have said, you know, probably not. And I was thinking of it more locally, like the Pioneer League and everything like that. Um, I didn't, and and largely too, I mean, minor league baseball at large probably no. The thing is, though, is that the thing that we have heard is that Minor League Baseball had to wait. The Pioneer League had to wait for Major League Baseball to come to terms on what it was that they were going to do, when they were going to do it. And then my understanding or my feeling was, that okay, and then there would be a conversation, a deliberation about whether there can be Minor League Baseball when it would start, if it was going to start probably two weeks roughly after after the first day, opening day of Major League Baseball, which we talked about before. Major League Baseball opening day is going to be the 23rd or 24th of July. So that means, you know, that second week in August, the 8th, you know, maybe somewhere in there could be opening day for Minor League Baseball. But all of this was just, you know, the best that they, you know, that you could think of and talk about at the time. The reality being that it was going to be very hard logistically to pull together a minor league system with all the disparate teams and places and all of that. So, I mean, the logistics, the logistics of one professional league is enough when you talk about the 30, is it 31 teams in baseball? I got to look. I should know. 30. 30. I think you're right. 30 major league baseball teams. Talk about 180 teams playing in dozens of different leagues. I mean, trying to pull that off is, is obviously not doable. That said, the reason I was surprised by this is because I never heard anything. Like I never heard a conversation about that. That, 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 that Pat O'Connor, the you know commissioner of minor league baseball, is working with reps from other you know from baseball leagues around the country to try and decide the best way to go forward, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe here's some other options. Maybe it'll only be AAA. Maybe it'll be triple a double A. Maybe the rural you know uh, uh, located. Um, you know, leagues could have baseball for the summer. I never heard any of that stuff, any possibilities, anything. And then all of a sudden, you get an email, you get a, a press release today, gone, 
done. And you go, oh, wow, okay, well, that was quick. That didn't take long. And again, the result isn't surprising, but to me the process was a little bit more surprising because I thought that we would have heard at least a little bit more after the announcement was made a week ago that baseball was going, you know, you know, finally had kind of settled on it, that there might be something here. There was not. And so there will not be baseball anywhere in America, and obviously that means they're in the state of Montana in the Pioneer League. Pioneer League President Jim McCurdy, this is to um, the Billings Gazette today. We are all aware of the pandemic and its impact on all our normal activities and businesses, including professional sports. We are not overly surprised. Nevertheless, it's not what we had in mind, of course, when we started this year, but it's something that everybody is facing. We will stand with it and bear it and get through it and try to continue towards normal activities. There has been a disconnect in terms of the transparency of this all because I think that First of all, MLB and MILB are two different organizations. That's right. So although one mirrors the other one, they don't, they're not actually connected in their decision-making. There was also a ton of secrecy. When you're talking about negotiating this baseball, professional baseball agreement, as they call it, which has stood for 30 years. I can't believe that there was ever an agreement that was signed that was not renewed. Because it takes so long. I should put the next one in for a century. <laughs> but... There was all sorts of leaks coming out of that, but then all all sorts of backtracking and things like that. I mean, basically when it was leaked that they were considering cutting Rookie League Baseball, then both MLB and MILB went and said, no, 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 that's not happening, that's not happening. And then it turned out that that was being discussed, and it just seemed like they were trying to hide it. But I just, I wonder... I just don't think this this is uh, this bodes well for the the really small leagues oh, because no. now you have a whole. First of all, you're losing all the revenue. That's going to be a killer when you're already you're not big budget by any means. If you're the Paddleheads or the yeah. Billings Mustangs or the you know the Great Falls Voyagers, but it also just gives it a, an entire another year for teams to weigh the pros and cons of having rookie league affiliates. And it just seems to me, from the business point of view. There's a lot more cons than there is pros, unfortunately. Um, I'll just read a couple of statements here for you um, just to make it official, official. Uh, This is from Pat O'Connor, again, who's the minor league president and CEO, effectively the commissioner of, uh, of minor league baseball. He says, quote, These are unprecedented times for our country and our organization as this is the first time in our history that we've had a summer without minor league baseball played. While this is a sad day for many, this announcement removes the uncertainty surrounding the 2020 season and allows our teams to begin planning for an exciting 2021 season of affordable family entertainment. And there is... There, I, I buy that. You know, there's a level at which even when you don't think that something's probably going to happen, until you know for sure it ain't happening, you kind of hold on. And you're kind of sitting there looking at different ideas and plans. And now, you know, everybody can go forward uh, planning for 2021. Hopefully, everybody, right? But as we know, maybe, maybe not. Here's the statement from the Missoula Paddleheads: "Quote." Like everyone throughout minor league baseball, uh, the minor league baseball community, fans, players, team personnel, and staff members, we are disappointed. 
we will not be able to have Missoula Paddleheads baseball at Ogren Park Legion's Field this season. This is an unprecedented time in the sports world and our world as a whole, and we appreciate your understanding as difficult decisions are made in light of the current situation in which sports teams and leagues across the country find themselves. We look forward to the return of professional baseball to Missoula next season and are focused to make it better than ever for our community and fans. And uh, Vice President Matt Ellis of the Paddleheads also said, quote, today the cancellation of our season was made official. It was an outcome that we feared was going to be a reality. As a team and front office, we, uh, front office, we are crushed knowing that we will not be able to provide our professional baseball product to our community and fans this season, but we will continue to work hard for its return next year and make sure our product delivers a high-quality, affordable fa- uh, fa- family entertainment. So there you go. There's the statements both on the macro level, the national level of minor league baseball, and uh, the micro level, the city of Missoula. Um, the... The, the question now becomes, will the Paddleheads ever play baseball in the city of Missoula? And will the Voyagers and Mustangs ever play baseball again in Great Falls and Billings, respectively? And uh, the, the likely answer to that, as I understand it here and now as we sit, is no. Uh, that, that will probably not happen. Uh, it was already on the table prior to a whole bunch of lost revenue. And it was already a revenue shaving measure. I mean, that was the purpose of it was to cut costs. And evidently, uh, it seems very much like Major League Baseball owners are very interested in cutting every single dime that they can possibly cut, regardless of whether there's a pandemic afoot or not. Right. And so this uh, this does not look good to me. Does that mean there won't be baseball in those towns next year? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Where the cart is well ahead of the horse on this question, I understand, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What level of interest in relation to what there is right now, single A rookie league, short league season baseball, 
that is affiliated with franchises that is properly minor league baseball what what level of interest would you have in professional wood bat baseball in in like an independent league that mirrored in terms of team cities and that sort of thing the pioneer league but was not affiliated so much of it depends on where the players come from first of all i think you got to be clear where when you're talking about the the cost cutting and and the revenue and all that uh, in relation to major league baseball the Arizona Diamondbacks are are not making money off of the Missoula Paddleheads, nor are they of losing course. money off the Missoula Paddleheads. Right. It's about the protection of resources more than any other thing, and that's where, like, I mean, I'm I'm here to go to bat for the Paddleheads all day because we love having them in our city. I think it's an awesome thing about Missoula. It's one of my favorite things to do in the summer. And uh, that said, I understand the broad perspective that. Sending guys to Montana where there, there's a chance that the games aren't going to happen or there's a chance that they get rained out or there's a chance where you have to play two seven-inning du- seven games as a doubleheader, it's just a lot higher in Montana than it is in other places. That's just a fact. And so you're not cultivating. I mean, if you can send the number four draft pick in the entire Major League Baseball draft to California and he has a much higher chance of playing not just all the games but a longer season, it doesn't have to be short season, you can just develop guys at a much more rapid level. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, to me, it's great to spread the love of the game. It's great to have professional sports in really rural communities. But I don't really know how well guys develop when they're riding a bus for eight hours to Idaho Falls all the time and there's a chance that the games can get canceled. And so I, I get that part of it, unfortunately. I don't know. I don't, I don't really I – don't, I, don't I don't understand this from you. It just seems like – First of all, the games can get canceled anywhere. Okay, is sure. the weather worse in Montana than it is in Southern California when you talk about playing a baseball game? Sure. But I don't think the development is, like, encumbered particularly, like, that that's a particular worry. I mean, I think sure, but like, I mean, what, what going to places is what it is to be in the minor leagues. Totally, but wouldn't you agree that it's just a much easier acclimation from uh, both a sports and social perspective to not go to Missoula, Montana? Well, it just depends. I mean, you're not learning how to. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you're not learning how to be a professional baseball player in the state of Montana because it's not it's not like anywhere else. Well, no, no, no. I disagree. You should be learning how to be a professional baseball player in the state of Montana if you play in Missoula or Billings or Great Falls because that is what you are. And the staffs, the coaching staffs, that's what they're there to be and to facilitate. And presumably, you send the prospects that you want to be prospects to those places for whatever reason. You got a great pitching coach who happens to be in Great Falls, so you're going to send. Sure. A great pitcher there. Sure. The thing I'll say, and I, initially you might say that baseball has no responsibility to this. Like baseball teams have a responsibility to themselves to create as good a baseball team and thereby as great a baseball system as they can create so that they can be as pr- competitive as they can be. That's fine. Um, in Missoula, Montana, I watched the number four overall pick of the MLB draft come in and throw a buck one, right? Mm-hmm. Playing with playing with at that time uh, the 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 Rockies, the Rockies organization coming from Colorado. That was awesome to be able to do that. You know what? That helped for me cultivate an interest and a love in baseball and pay attention to this kid and where he goes and what his deal is. 
all of the how, how many guys Coulter? What's the, what's our professional baseball count coming through Missoula? It's like seventy one kids that yeah. played yeah. for the Osprey uh, are have gone on to to make it into the show. It does matter about about building the fan base nationwide and the the quote rural communities that that are that you have that are that are interested viably in you not just in the sport of baseball i mean there's one thing to be to be in love with the sport of baseball how many more diamonds diamondbacks fans are there in missoula than in the rest of Montana as a result of having a team that's affiliated with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Man, I don't know. I, I don't, do. I don't know. I mean, is it is it a lot or is it just like a cursory amount? It's a sign. Let's put it like this: in a place where you can be the fan of any team because sure. you're in Montana, yeah. there's a lot more Diamondbacks fans who are you know rooting for this parent organization than not. And if the and if that if that didn't exist, then that goes away. Now, how much how much money does that equate to? For the Diamondbacks, not a notable amount. Right. Right? I understand this isn't moving the financial needle, okay? But what I am saying is when you talk about multiply this times 180 across the country, and in some places it does financially make a difference when you talk about the Albuquerque Isotopes AAA team for the Dodgers and, Mm -hmm. you know, the the Tacoma Rainiers for the Mariners, where you do have legitimate people driving to Tacoma to watch guys because they know tomorrow I'm driving to Seattle to watch them play for the Mariners. Exactly. And so all of that stuff goes into it, and I think that it is one of the things that's that's what baseball loses for not having college baseball the way that football and basketball have college football and college basketball. Yeah. It gains in having a system that is unique unto itself that cultivates fans nationwide and i don't and and i think that this you know the cutting of this is i'm not even saying it's not worth it but it is somewhat short-sighted to me i got several questions for all you. right so first of all to answer your question i think it just an independent league team where do the players come from that's the thing that would draw me but i don't really know if that would draw most the fact of the matter is, for better or worse, because all the players are new, almost all the players are new every single year, Yeah, there's not that much fan affiliation or attachment to the players. For sure. And so, I mean, I would estimate that the majority of people that go to Osprey and, and then now Paddleheads games go to sit outside, to be at the ballpark, to just casually observe baseball. Have something going on, yeah. So... I think that if there was baseball, there would still be people that go that went. I agree. Just period. Yeah. But let me ask you this. If the University of Montana was not in Missoula and Grizz Athletics had did not have such a rich tradition of winning history, would that positively impact the uh, support for minor league baseball in Missoula? I would think so. Because I think that one of the main things that takes away is there's so many passionate sports fans in Missoula. So many of those people don't really attach themselves to minor league baseball because, again, it, it, the point of it is hardly winning. The point yeah. of it is developing players. Even when the Osprey had won Pioneer League Championships, they were like one or two games over 500. It's not like going 15-0 and 0 and going to the National Championship like a football but team But the has. thing you're asking me exists in Great Falls and Billings. Right. Right? And the thing that I don't know is – what their level of community support well, is. Great, in Great those Falls draws towns. well. They they draw better than the Osprey. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know about Billings. Billings Stadium is sweet, though. It's a it's a beautiful but, and facility. And this is a, the other thing. Helena moved, right? The Helena right. Brewers, they right. were out. Now, part of that is their facility was not good. Terrible. Yeah. So it, that, But also, Helena's a 20,000-person town. It's pretty hard right. to sustain. Well, I mean, I, yeah, you know, maybe. But I guess uh, I, I think that it would that there would be more focus on the, the baseball team if yeah. that was the case. That said, when is baseball being played? School ain't in session. Right. Stuff isn't going on. Now, that does buff it right at the start of football season. That probably doesn't help it, but yes. Is your dad into baseball? Mm. No. Okay. I mean, he plays softball. Great softball we, we, player. We, we, share, we share that because so, so often, like the father-son baseball mm. thing, Yeah, it was such a bigger part of our generation with our dads yeah, because they grew up at the height of baseball when baseball was the most romanticized, greatest game in the world. You know, 1960s, Willie Mays and Don Drysdale and Sandy Koufax and Mickey Mantle. Heroes, gods. Mm-hmm. And then they pass that along to their kids. You want to have a catch. Like the Sandlot is the quintessential movie, right? Yeah. Playing catch with your dad, going out on the 4th of July and playing baseball until the fireworks start going off. I don't think that same emotional attachment, that same nostalgic connection exists. Like, will you, is Kai going to play baseball? I, I mean, he might, but here's what, but, but it's not one of those things where, I mean, there are so many people that we know where it's like, baseball's it. I'm right. a, you're you're going to watch baseball with your old man. You're going to play catch with your dad. You're going to play baseball until you get tired of it. Here's the thing. When my dad and I play catch, and we do, it's football. Hmm. I mean that that is our that's that's the thing that we grew you know that I grew up watching with him as I recall more than anything else was sitting there watching watching the Broncos watching football on Sundays man that's 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 what you did and that's the that's the sport that has maybe you know been the thing that's moved baseball a little bit left to center so, to some extent um so I guess that I guess I'm getting more I don't know man my, I told you before I'm more into baseball now than I've ever been as an adult Right. And that doesn't I'm not saying I'm into. I'm not saying I'm a super fan. Sure. What I'm saying though is it's grown. Totally. But me. do you understand my, my whole theory of Absolutely. it's a, it used to be a rite of passage and because it's not really anymore that is going to impact the game way more than the the uh the removal of minor league teams. I just I think that the narrative of well if you jerk all these minor league teams out of these rural communities then it's not going to cultivate the love of the game anymore. Baseball's got much bigger problems than that. Yeah, yeah maybe right. I mean, the Mustangs and the Paddleheads and the Voyagers are not going to be the thing that sells the youth of America on baseball. Right. I mean, maybe maybe I'm swimming upstream on this to, to, to agree with you here. Like, the reason that it matters that they're affiliated with the Diamondbacks is because you like the Diamondbacks first or you like Major League Baseball first, and then you're like, oh, I'll go watch the minor league team play, not because, man, I love baseball. I'm going to watch baseball. And then, oh, this kid, where is he going to go? Now, there are people like that there's I mean the true baseball folks are are a dedicated lot that right. is for sure and they but how many little kids do you know now mm-hmm. that are like I gotta go I'm gonna go play catch every single day I'm gonna go find a diamond I'm gonna go play sandlot style baseball it's just, yeah. it just doesn't happen it doesn't happen nearly as much you're I mean, right I mean we I, I can just think in my mind's eye of little kids that are obsessed with soccer and obsessed with basketball and obsessed with football and not so much baseball yeah I agree. I mean, here's my question, though. You grew up playing baseball, I yeah. know. Okay. Yeah. But was baseball as much of an obsession 
broadly speaking for your peers as the other sports were because i always oh no especially not in montana that's what i'm saying is where we are baseball it, it baseball already has a big hurdle to jump over because it's ice for nine months it's ice for nine months but also it just because this is such a huge football state it runs into football too i mean that yeah. was that was basically where it the fork in the road football's blowing up everything that was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Thanks to Burn Street. Thanks to football. Thanks to baseball for the Burn Street Burn of the Week. Uh, all right. Yeah, I think you're right. It's 2 Tell Me One is 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, we will uh, take a quick break on the other side. Coulter had a great question, a hypothetical question. What former players, retired players, would you want to have playing now at the heights of their career in the current leagues? We'll discuss that right after this. Coulter, sometimes there's some old places you want to go, but also there's some new places that you're like, man, I got to go check this out. You're taking your kids over to the youth sports, the Grizz Sports Camp two weeks. How about go across the street, go to Camby, huh? Tell them about it. They just got a new shipment in, and I think this is the only place in the state of Montana, Camby Tap House, right across the street from Doran Blizzard Field, right there on the corner of Higgins and South, yep. where the old Hoagieville used to be. Uh, Chris, who runs the place, he just sent me pictures of some of the new stuff they just got. And they got the Ami Gang, and they also got the Duvel, which these are both absolutely top-shelf specialty beers. Uh, they have three Ami Gangs on tap and one Duvel on tap, and then they also have a variety in bottles as well as cans. And this is a specialty beer. My brother's a beer connoisseur. He's a guy that he sells it's beer a for a living. Yeah, that's right. But George's, dis- George's Distribution, they're the specialty beer and wine guys in the state. And my brother Brooks, he has let me try all of these beers before they were released to the shelves, and they are delicious. So go check out Canby Tap House. Uh, they have delicious food as well. You can sit outside, either upstairs or downstairs. Well, and a great, beautiful, brand, brand new building. It's enclosed, but it's open, so you get in there. Like you said, inside, outside, upstairs, downstairs, whatever you want. It's a, an outstanding little outfit. 2413 South Higgins Avenue, Missoula, Montana, 59801, right there across from Dorn Blazer Field open 8 a.m. until 9 p.m. Can be Tap House and Coffee, a gathering place for all. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Back to Tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. On Twitter, you can follow there at Gus Tutel. That's me, G U S T O O T E L L, Skyline Sports MT, and at 1029 ESPN. Uh, Coulter, you said, why don't we have a little bit of fun on the show today? We tried to do it earlier, it got pushed back, so now we get to do it. You said, let's pick a player 
who is a former professional player, presumably a player of note, uh, that you would love to have playing in today's game, mm-hmm. NBA, NFL, MLB, for whatever mm-hmm, reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I know you had you had a couple of good ones. I'll, I'll let you start. I have mine written down. Don't look at mine, though, because I want to make uh, Yeah, I won't. I don't okay. ever look at this thing. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear right there. I mean, All mostly right. I'm the one that writes it, so I... I do it for okay, you. Okay, so I thought your, but I thought your baseball. So we'll start with my baseball. Was, was a great one. Uh, this is actually spurred on by our guest Sean, uh, one of our uh, sales reps here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. He has been going uh, we because of our great friendship and partnership with Zootown Sports Cards. Sean's mm. been going through his old cards and mm. seeing, sending me picks and saying, you know, what's what's this what one worth? Yeah, I got yeah. you got any good ones? Well, he sent me his best one today. Oh boy, nineteen eighty three tops Tony Gwynn rookie card. Wow! And I th- got to thinking, man, miss me some Tony Gwynn. First yeah. of all, couldn't have a funnier voice. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, you see him with his pot belly and his his round head. Yeah. And you think to yourself, huh, this guy. What's this guy's an athlete, do? huh? And then you realize he's not only an athlete, he was a two-sport athlete. He was an all-conference basketball player at San Diego State, as well as, in my mind, the greatest pure contact hitter, not named Ichiro Suzuki, of the last 30 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. But uh, T- Tony Gwynn would definitely be my choice in terms of guys. And why? Well, so so many different reasons. But the, the way the game has become so... Um, What's the word? Strikeout and home run? It's become homogenized in the yeah. strategy that everybody plays with yeah. and the swing everybody has, and there's just a variety of different factors. But, I mean, Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn had, count them up, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine 200-hit seasons. The most he struck out in any of those years was 33 times. <laughs> this guy, it's crazy. It's so, that's the most he struck out. I mean, yeah. The, the year that he uh, finished second in the MVP voting, the guy drove in 119 runs. He only hit 17 homers. I mean, you hit 373. You're just spanking the ball all yeah. over the place, man. I mean, 220 hits in a year. That's an, an unfathomable number. I know Ichiro had a couple, like, 240-hit seasons. Yeah. But a different deal with hitting leadoff and getting so many plate appearances and also just being such an unbelievable slap hitter. But Tony Gwynn, well, I mean, speed, yeah. Tony Gwynn's hitting the ball everywhere. He, he's not just a slap it to right field and use your speed like Ichiro. And I'm not demeaning Ichiro. Ichiro's a phenomenal hitter, obviously. He's one of the greatest hitters to ever play the game of baseball. Yeah. But, but Tony Gwynn, I mean, he's driving the ball down the left field line, into the power alley, down the right field line, all of it. And, a whole uh, different deal. I, I just think it would be so refreshing to watch a guy like him play right now because, I mean, he struck out 434 times in his entire 21-year career. We got guys striking out 200 times a year right yeah. now. <laughs> now I, I give me some Tony Gwynn, man. Uh, my baseball, my MLB player, you know, I'd like to see play right now, Coulter, Babe Ruth. That's who Ooh, that's, I want. That that's bring good. Back. That's really uh, good. get Babe out there, and this isn't even like an era comparison. Oh, could he do it? Oh, you know how would he play? He could do it. I just want to see. You know, this is a guy who, like, you know, Shea Otani, Shiho Otani, uh, pitcher and a hitter, and obviously he's known as like you know one of the great power hitters, obviously of all time. But also, I mean, what do you didn't he pitch a perfect game in which he hit? 
you know, a, a home run in or something crazy like this. I would love to see Babe Ruth just do everything that Babe Ruth does. Maybe it's just I don't even care about when. I just want to see it, you know. And and uh, so I think it would. I mean, that would be very fun. And, and baseball is the only sport of these sports that we're talking about where you can go back to. You know, the 20s, the 30s, heck, the 18s, if you really wanted to, and bring a guy up and say, hey, how would this look? You know, I think it'd be, that would be fun. I mean, I don't know. It was fun to think about. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing. I think that the legend of guys that played in, the, in like the six, 50s and 60s and 70s continues to be carried on. But would you agree that Babe Ruth's legend has dissipated just a little bit? No. Really? No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Why? Well, I, I, just, I, I think that it used to be, even if you were a young kid, who's the greatest baseball player of all time? Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Everybody said it. You know, I mean, the Sandlot had a huge part of that because of the ball, and it's yeah. signed by Baby yeah. Ruthie. And, yeah. Uh, but Babe Ruth, I watched a great documentary on Babe Ruth on HBO. We talk about just the, the fervor for Michael Jordan the rock star he was. Right. Babe Ruth was like that in the roaring 20s in New York City. Getting off the train. and He, he was larger than life. Yeah. He, he's a true Paul Bunyan-esque hero. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I would love to see... I, I We always talk about like transcendence. I, I, I think that so many dudes that play like football and stuff, I mean, like Otto Graham and Red Grinch, I mean, I just, there's no way I, you could really could, could talk me into those guys being that good in the NFL right now. There's a chance that Babe Ruth could hit 50 home runs. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, what do you want to do, NFL or NBA? Um, let's do NBA. Okay. My NBA player, for sort of the same reason that you had for Tony Gwynn for baseball, and I want to pl- see it right now, Shaquille O'Neal. I want Shaq to play in the league because the league has gone full perimeter and the the the, the lack of emphasis or even need for a quote unquote true center is, you know, dissipated presumably in all this. Shaq was so dominant at his peak that it would be impossible for him to play at any time and not be the force that he oh, was, man. it seems to me. Right. So, But I would love to see what it would look like to put Shaquille O'Neal in the middle of, you know, 23s a game and right. how that plays itself out, you know, where it's like, well, do you go for, like, threes are worth more than twos. But a hundred percent twos are worth more than forty percent threes. You know what I mean? And Shaquille O'Neal, it's going down like he's putting it through the hoop. So you know, I, I don't know. I think it would be fun to watch uh, Shaq play in this time. Maybe it'd be a disaster. I don't know, but I think it'd be interesting. The sort of confluence of style. It actually is interesting to think about how dominant Shaquille O'Neal was and how actually he played in the era where it would have been would have been the hardest for him to dominate. If he comes 20 years earlier or 20 years later, he's even more dominant. You think even later, if he's more dominant, he's more dominant later than when he was? Yes. Like right now, I think he would be substantially more dominant. There's not Alonzo Mourning and Antonio Davis and Patrick Ewing and David Robinson in the league right now. Right, but I mean... That, and Carl Malone. The and, reason is, is because that that's not what they're looking for for a Sure, player. but who's guarding Shaq right now? Right. But who's Shaq guarding is the other question. I mean, who cares, man? Bring on Marcus Bagley all day. Shaq is dunking on his face 20 times a game, dude. Shaq is going to do- annihilate these new age kid centers. I mean, no argument. But then think about Shaq in like the 60s. 
Yeah. Like against Bob Pettit and George Mikan and stuff. Yeah. Forget about it. He's going to score. He's putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers or better. Who's your basketball player? Pete Maravich. Oh. Just firing him up there, Pete, shoot from the hip? I mean, if, you, if you're averaging 44 a game when there's no three-pointers, let's go. I mean, you watch some of the videos. He got dudes shooting from half court. Like, he's, he's pulling from – I mean, he put Steph Curry to shame. But it's only worth two back then. Yeah, I just I think that the, with the rules and everything, I was between Pete Maravich and George Gervin because I think both, both those guys. You would know, be I've awesome always blamed Michael Jordan for my basketball problems. Right. Pete Maravich is also high on the list because there's a movie. I, I don't remember what it was called. Maybe it's called Pistol Pete. Yeah. It's not a documentary. It's an actual like you know feature film. That one ruined me too. I was like, oh, this is what, you know this is what I got to do. I just got to go out here and bounce the ball on the railroad tracks, and then I'll be ready to go. Didn't, didn't work out. All right, NFL. You want to go or you want me to go? You go. My NFL player that uh, I would love to see play today is Randall Cunningham. Mm, that's a good one. Randall Cunningham really was before his time. And great a player as he was, he was a great player. He would have fit so much better to me in what's going on now with no the question. RPO and everything like that. I mean, he was just a guy that they just had. The game hadn't gotten to Randall Cunningham yet. And... Uh, he would be. He would. He some would. The, he would be lights out. I mean, some right of the old now. highlights, man. People remember him for his athleticism, but yeah. dude has a whip. Oh, oh. throwing it from his back oh, pocket, just about flinging it. it. Yeah. So I, I would love to see Randall Cunningham play today because I think this game just would suit him to an absolute T, and I think he would just shred. Yeah, definitely. I got one on offense, one on defense for you. Okay. My offensive guy is actually similar to Randall Cunningham. That's Warren Moon. Mm. Warren Moon was one of the pioneers of running the run and shoot. You know, he was a African American quarterback who did not get a lot of a chance coming out of college at the University of Washington. Went to the CFL, and I mean, people forget Warren Moon's probably the greatest player in CFL history. I mean, Warren Moon I think won five MVPs and five Grey Cups in five years, and then said, "Okay, I'm ready to go to the league." And he didn't have quite the top level of success in the league, but he still was awesome. Still, I mean, he's you know, a Hall of Famer oh, he's in the NFL. He's, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Or a pro football Hall of Famer. Pro football Hall of Fame. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you if you combine his CFL and NFL yards, he's statistically one of the top five quarterbacks of all time in right. every category. I mean, I'm not saying he should be a Hall of Famer. I'm saying he's in fact No, he is. No, absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He's in the Hall of Fame, certainly. Um, but I, I think that with the spread concepts that exist now, I just think he would – his his play would be even yeah. more accentuated than it already was. Those Oilers teams were fun, though. They were fun to watch. I think I know who your defensive player is. Who? Because I was getting a picket, and I was like, no, Coulter's going to take him. Hmm. Lawrence. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be low-hanging fruit. I think that LT as dominant as Lawrence Taylor was, he would be even more dominant now. I, I actually agree because I would get more chances. I was trying to think about guys who, where versatility was, you know, I try to think about guys who maybe got overlooked. That's why I went with Randall Cutting. Not overlooked, but who who could have thrived today when they sort of had to be sort of fit in somewhere. And I was trying to think about a defensive player, like maybe an undersized linebacker or something like that. And then I was like, Lawrence Taylor is like the most versatile defensive player of all time. And what he would do now, what he would be as a defensive player, as opposed to then where, I mean, he could go anywhere. You know, he could, he could guard Gronk. Right. You know, no doubt. Who well, no one can. All but right. that, but Lawrence was not my right. pick. Okay. Although that would be an awesome one. My pick is Deacon Jones. <laughs> so that we can actually see how many sacks we got here. Right. Start counting from the beginning. Well, we, I was talking to uh, Montessa Sports Information Director Bill Laberty because we were talking about Bill Kohler and his uh, candidacy for the 
College like Football Hall of Fame. Bronze of Bill Culler yeah, right yeah, out we here. Do. The... We do. Something happened to his arm. I don't really know why. His arm's missing. Uh, it's but an artistic choice. I guess. I can't wait till Bill Culler comes in here and sees the bronze of himself and is like, what happened to my arm? What about the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo face statue? You see this? Yeah. It just, I mean, it looks like Cristiano Ronaldo after he's been, you know, run over by a train. Well, that's fine. He needs some humility. He does. I mean, God. Can, he, you, can, you, ha- can you get any more lucky in life? Well, you could be me, but basically, <laughs> no, you can't. But we were talking about Bill Kohler, and one of the reasons why, I don't want to say he's underrated because his, his numbers retired at Montana State, but I think that if you ask the trivia question to people, who's the only guy who ever got drafted in the first round of the NFL draft out of the Big Sky Conference, I don't know if a lot of people would say Bill Kohler. Right. He had no college statistics, though, because the sacks and tackles for loss weren't stats back then. For all we know, Bill Kohler might have had 50 tackles for loss every year. <laughs> right. But that's like Deacon Jones. I mean, the they, uh, a Rams person went through the film of like the mid-60s seasons, and they said that he had like three consecutive 25-sack-plus seasons if you just break down the games and actually give him a sack, but the statistic is not official. You know, I mean, there's some historians that think that this guy had 250 to 300 sacks in his career. I mean, he... That's that's 100 more than Bruce Smith, by the way. They didn't just start the, the stat for him, but the name sack is his, right? He's right. the one who... Coined the term, as they say. Yes, uh, Deacon Jones is a great one, man. I mean, there's Deacon. Deacon is a Deacon was a football player and nothing else. That's it. You know, like he was he was built to play football, man. That guy, this guy's a guest. Love Deacon Jones. All right, it's two tell nuance. One hundred two nine ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. Wrap up our Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I I don't like bad things happening to people but i do like it when wildlife wins in situations that they're put in next coulter during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf and nobody better than western birch to get your round started right that's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Good afternoon, boys and girls. Happy Tuesday to you. The weather is supposed to get a little bit better 
I think, uh, you know, if you're wondering, we've seen a lot of gray, especially in the western part of the state. I only say that to say, uh, you know, everything's going to be okay. If you missed anything in the show, you check it out on the podcast. The Two Telling the Wonders podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, listen at your leisure. If you're listening there now, well, thanks for making it this far. Look at you. Congratulations. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you don't finish things. Okay? Podcast available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Uh, Coulter, I never want anything bad to happen to somebody. Don't want people to be hurt, injured, or worse. Okay? But if you approach wildlife, I will unequivocally be rooting for the wildlife. <laughs> no doubt. Does that make me a bad person? No. Um, this is not new news. I mean, this is new news, It's but it's it's not. It's old news in many ways. And uh, a woman from California is at Yellowstone Park and uh, decided to take a close-up with a buffalo, 10 feet or less, uh, evidently, that she was from the buffalo. And after... Approaching the buffalo on a number of occasions. The buffalo was not having it and uh, hit her with the horn. And it doesn't go good for the human in that scenario. I don't know if you've seen a buffalo, but they're they're winning that one, you know. And uh, I wish her the best. I hope for a full recovery. Everybody wants to flood the parks, you know, get get out, get into nature, do the thing. I recognize why you want to do that, especially now. But I'm just telling you that for me personally, I'm on the side of the buffaloes and the moose and the grizzly and all of them. If you are going to be the one that's going to put yourself into a compromised situation. Okay. Now it's a whole different deal. You're out there. You're ha ha Clinton Dix riding your scooter down Main Street. Everything's hunky dory, and you come across Mama and a cub. That, hey, that's on the the bears at that point. To me, you came into the human place here. You know. Right. So I'm 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 for ha ha in that scenario. Um, for both of them, as it turns out, everybody was good. But you know, it just never fails, man. Like you just go up and you start walking. I'll say this. If you don't have any idea, first of all, you need to educate yourself, okay, about the wildlife, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And it's pretty tough to go to Yellowstone, to go to Glacier, and not know at least a little bit because it's almost like required you go in there. Hey, look at all of these signs. We've done you a great service. We've made them into pictures so you don't even have to read words. This one that's circled with a big line through it, don't do that. You know, don't do this. Don't go up to the thing. Don't feed the thing. Don't do any of this stuff. And these people still do it. You're morons and you deserve what you got coming to you. That said, I have been in places. I There was a sea lion, okay? A sea lion. Yeah, sure. Is it Now, what's the difference between a seal and a sea lion? Sea lions are more vicious. I don't know, man. I think, I think they're they, just bigger. Yeah, maybe. I think but, they also eat meat. They, I think so, like fish and stuff. Well, doesn't seals eat I fish? Think, I think seals eat fish too. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know the whole difference. Maybe we can crowdsource that at Gus Tell. Tell me what the difference is. But anyway, I was I was in South Africa. There was a sea lion, a lone sea lion, on a dock in the Cape. And I was walking along, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, here I am with this, with this creature that I'm not familiar with particularly, uh, but you know, it's just sort of lying there. They don't have legs. 
You know what I mean? He's not. He can't fly. He's not going to get up and do anything. And he's just there sunning himself. Looks pretty happy to me, you know? <laughs> and I came up to a distance. I don't know how far the distance was. I mean, I was, I was you know, 30, 40 feet away. I mean, I, was, I wasn't. I don't feel like in the in the animal's personal space. Perhaps I was because I'm ignorant on this stuff. But I wasn't very close to it. But I got to a point where I was like, you know, I don't know enough about this animal to go further than this. I don't know if it eats meat or if it's a vegetarian. I don't know what it thinks about me or not. I don't want to just, even if it just took off, I wouldn't necessarily just want to scare it, you know, for fun or anything. There's an attraction to wildlife. You want to be close to it. You want to be into it. But at some point, you just have to put your hands up and go, I don't know enough to proceed. This is not a place for me to make any any more decisions. I'm just going to sit here and be happy that I got to be this close to this thing and observe it from, you know, what seemed to be a reasonably safe distance. I would like to think, despite my personal handicap, that I could still outrun an animal with no feet. You know, so that that was where I went with that. I'll stay a lot further away from a buffalo and further still from a moose. Thank you very much. I mean, sports mere life, right? I guess. So what's the <clears throat> what's the object of sports? Winning. To win. What's the ultimate win in life? Surviving. Survival. And the fact that our survival is now inevitable, I think that's why so many of us feel empty, because we don't get the pursuit of our purest instinct. Now, you but said survival is inevitable, but isn't the opposite true? Well, death is also inevitable. Okay. I just mean, in, 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 Ameri- <laughs> in, America, in America today, though, you can try your hardest to die and not die. Do you know what I mean? You food you can is ab- pretty readily available. I mean, you can abuse you your body in a variety of ways. It, yeah. You don't have to win the game every day. I think I, that's why people feel empty. I get you. But also, I think that uh, when you don't appreciate that and you go sniffing on the buffalo, good riddance. Yeah, Darwin theory. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not rooting for anybody's demise here. I'm just Me saying. Either. You know, a little bit of pain goes a long way in teaching a lesson. That's what I'm saying. And it doesn't hurt. I love my dear friends who are in Montana from California. It doesn't hurt that it wasn't Californian in this instance either. That is worth a little bit of a chuckle, isn't it? Boys and girls, fun Tuesday. I think it was a fun Tuesday. It was a good Tuesday overall. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to expecting, anticipating having Coach Travis DeCure, the Montana Grizzly Ed Benton's basketball coach, with us uh, on the show tomorrow. So hope that we can get to that. Uh, and uh, and oh, we get Wednesday and so much more on the second to last day before our 4th of July and vacay. It's a bison, not a buffalo. That is, that is a matter of semantics. We'll discuss this in detail tomorrow. That's a guarantee. Good night. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.